Hi friends, welcome to the Partnership Podcast, exploring gospel partnership and generosity in the Bible, alongside stories of support raising from around our fellowship. We pray you'll be encouraged by it. Hi everyone, welcome to this final Bible reflection for this series of the Partnership Podcast, exploring the Psalms and support raising. And uh, we are privileged to have Helen joining us again today. Thanks, Helen. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Um, Helen, I'm wondering if you would be happy to share, just as we start, a little about what your partnership prayers look like at this stage of ministry, or whether they've evolved over your time with us. Yeah, they have. Um, So I remember in the start being quite, um, they were anxious prayers, I think. Lots of prayers for God to help repeated again and again and again. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to repeat prayers. Prayers, if you're on your heart, repeat them. But it was just interesting because I think they said more about where I was at um, than what God was doing. Um, I think I've hit a place where I'm more in kind of steady state partnership development. It's it's reasonably stable. Um, I'm in maintenance mode, not necessarily, you know, building up uh, mode. Uh, and I think that's allowed me to rest a bit Mm. Um, so I'm not praying, I'm praying less for more partners in terms of finances, although that does happen. I think I'm praying more for the people in partnership, um, who they are, what they're doing. I, 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 I'm not the most efficient at sending out my uh, prayer letters. Uh, I, I, I don't kind of use this whiz-bang flash package, which means it takes <laughs> me a bit longer. Yeah. But one of the things I really like about that is I'm more conscious of, of who I'm sending stuff to mm. rather than it just going into some computer program, which, which is all good and efficient. It's fine. But the thing that's good for me about it being a bit slower and inefficient is that I'm more conscious of the names of people I'm sending to um, and I'm more likely to pray for them. So I think that's what it's looking like at the moment. Mm. Thanks for sharing. And I imagine in this psalm that we're looking at, we might come back to the topic of how we pray. Um, We're looking today at Psalm 146, part of that final crescendo of praise at the end of the psalm um, and covering some topics that are really relevant to our support raising, like God's provision and whether we're trusting in humans, that kind of thing. Um, Let's pray, though, before Helen reads it to us. O Lord, you are the maker of heaven and earth, and you reign forever through all generations. May we praise you for all of our lives and in all of our lives, including our partnership work. Do keep us from trusting primarily in other people, and we ask you to be our help and our hope in all things. Thank you that your word speaks to us into every facet of our lives, including partnership and support raising work. And we thank you that you are faithful forever. Please strengthen and encourage us through this reflection. In Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. 
The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Oh, and so once again, another psalm, unsurprisingly, beginning with such a note of praise and a, an exhortation for us to praise, praise. I will praise the Lord all my life. I'll sing praise to my God. And I, I, I just was struck as I was reflecting about how much praising God uh, lifts our eyes from ourselves and our fears and worries and just reminds us that God is worthy and powerful and um, how much it puts things in a healthy and godly perspective. Um, I've been reading lots about self-regulation and co-regulation with children and things like that, but just how much, even more than something just like deep breathing, coming to praise God actually just regulates us and helps us to be in a healthy headspace wherever we are. It's kind of an appropriate anytime kind of activity. Mm. It's interesting you you talk about kind of that self-regulation Uh, A number of my friends have what they call gratitude diaries, Mm. uh, trying to calm anxiety by and and and, uh, encourage joy and happiness and gratitude by noting down, you know, what they're grateful for. Maybe they do it each day or each week with two or three things. Um, My obvious question is, I mean, the obvious question of a Christian is, well, who are you giving thanks to, right? So Mm. it's it's almost like they know they've they've got reasons to be grateful and thankful, but who to? Uh, we know, right, just this, this sense of we give thanks to the God who, who made all things. We give thanks to the God who cares for people. Um, that's, that's the one to trust because he's the only one who can, can always deliver and wants to always deliver. So just that kind of instinctive praise and thanksgiving that I think all, you know, people do. Um, yeah. Mm, mm. And I think that phrase... Uh, I'll praise the Lord all my life. Obviously, he's talking about as long as I live, like the length of our lives, but also I assume in every part of our lives. And one of the things that I've explored in coaching with people even is um, what does that look like in our partnership work? And just the fact that, you know, you could do a lot worse than spend a few minutes praising God and reminding ourselves of his character and power and willingness to help, things like that when we start doing partnership work. So just having it as a five-minute slot in the start of whenever you sit down to do partnership work, just taking that time to praise God and um, regulate yourself and remind him of those kind of things. And the staff whom I've seen do that have found it incredibly helpful. But that's Philippians 4, isn't it? You know, don't be anxious yes. before you come. When, you've got, when you are anxious, sure, pray about it. But you don't just petition God. You come with thanksgiving because you actually keep remembering, this is the God I'm asking. Mm, mm. I read a book a while ago called When People Are Big and God Is Small, and it was just really mm. helpful reminding us uh, how much the answer is not necessarily just to look at our fear and try to work out how to deal with that, but to look beyond it and actually look up at God. And that as we do that and praise him, uh, it, it just puts all the rest, everything else in perspective. And I, mm. I, yeah, so praising God, appropriate for all time and in all of our life. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably where this, I mean, that is where this psalm is going, isn't it? It's pointing you to God mm. and not to people. Um, 
you know, that you, what was the book you said? Uh, where God is big and people is small. When people are big I feel like that, and God is small. Oh, that's, that probably matters that I get that the right way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's this sum, isn't it? Don't put your trust in princes on human beings who cannot save. Mm. Um, there's kind of the weakness of humans there, if you like. Possibly the sinfulness, but certainly the weakness. Um, and you get that in the second part of the psalm. Um, uh, we need freeing. Uh, we can be blind. Uh, we get bowed down. You know, again, that, that kind of that, that weakness of humanity. Mm. Uh, now, we also know there's a sinfulness aspect, but both are true. We're weak and we're sinful. Therefore, he is the one we need to focus on because as soon as we start focusing on ourselves or our own efforts or other people to save us um, in partnership we're going to be disappointed and we're going to be stressed and we're going to, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. It is here the emphasis on our human mortality as that the, the kind of weakness that makes humans inappropriate to be trusting in. And it just reminded me of a story of someone I know who was fundraising for another organisation and had a, an older man who was really enthusiastic and had been talk, they'd been talking for a year or so about how this guy was going to give a very significant gift to help that project uh, and before he got to the point of being able to actually give the gift he had a stroke or there was something that happened um, to do with his age and he uh, was too sick to actually ever go through with it and his wife was protecting him and he just couldn't and it was that exactly that story that um, uh, our spirits depart and return to the ground and on that day human plans come to nothing and I, I think that was like that here and I think death that ultimate frailty but there are so many human weaknesses that mean we can't ultimately lean on them mm. and I think I, I came at that from a slightly different angle when I was thinking about it I was thinking about the plans I make for my partnership mm. you know that, that that confidence I can often have uh, particularly when you've been doing it a bit longer right and you feel like I've got this nailed um, <laughs> or it's been good for the last 10 years um, that if I get my brochures right and if I work out when the right time to call and if I make my lists of people and if I do all of the the you know I read the right books about how to talk about money with people and encourage generosity all of which are good things so I'm not saying they're bad things any of these are bad things to do but if I do that I trust me actually I trust my process uh, now, in evangelism, we know that's really dangerous, right? We talk about that in ministry, right? You shouldn't, your programs aren't what get you there. Uh, it's the Lord God working through them and sometimes working despite them. Mm. Um, yet I sometimes feel like when you're nervous about um, partnership development and support raising, rather than reverting to prayer and faith in the God who delivers, um, it's easy to revert, well, at least because I'm a bit of a control freak, um, to revert back to my plans. And if I can get the plan right, suddenly... What will pop out at the other end uh, are enough people uh, to give generously. Mm. Mm. So my confidence becomes in my process, which, you know, so do not put your trust in Helen Bell, in human beings who cannot save. <laughs> uh, not a prince, but nonetheless, in the same kind of zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think of it as a mature dependence, I think, actually, that our culture prizes maturity and prizes self-sufficiency and almost equates them but here, I think we're being called to be maturely dependent on the Father's provision through others, not on our own efforts and not on them ultimately, but, our, but still a dependence and still 
him working through humans. Yeah. Really interesting phrase. I haven't heard that before. I think that's a really, yeah, that's a really helpful way of mm. describing it. A mature dependence on the Father's provision through others. Yeah, I've thought about it more in relation to Jesus' own dependence and when he allows others to support us, but I thought it came out in this passage too. Um, when you first said that to me, talking about Jesus, as, like this was a few years ago now, um, Jesus was dependent on particularly women, um, but mm. I'm not saying it's only a female thing, that was just the way it looked then. I just remember thinking, wow, I don't think I've ever thought hard about that. What did it mean that he was really comfortable um, being financially dependent on his disciples? Mm. Mm. And, and ultimately on God providing through them. Yes. Mm. That that was a good way for him to live. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think this psalm then goes on just moving on from the topic of being dependent on humans, but just putting our, our hope, our help back where it should be when it says, blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob. Um, and I think that it pushed me to think a little bit about how we're often very happy to recognize God is our savior, our hope. Like he's done all these spiritual things for us and provided for us. But sometimes I think it's easy to almost fall into the trap of thinking that God's done enough by saving us. <laughs> and now we should really be able to pull our own weight with the other things like support raising and more practical things that we just assume he's less interested in sometimes. But I think the Psalms push us to consider God as our help more broadly. And yeah, and in this Psalm to be able to say blessed or happy even are those whose help is the Lord. That mm. we're not burdening him or being inappropriate mm. if we bring our support raising woes to him. Mm. Gentle and Lowly um, is a book by um, Ortland. I can't remember which Ortland because there's loads of them. Um, but it's a, it's a book about Jesus and his character. Mm. Uh, and one of the things he comments is that Jesus loves it when people come to him with needs. This is not bothersome for him. He doesn't roll his eyes and think, okay, we can do this again. Um, that, that this is actually something he takes delight in yes. because this is the way the world is meant to work, that people are meant to come to him with their needs it's truthful and it's honest and it reflects the desires of his heart right so you, you push this back to the psalm where you, you you're not seeing well you're seeing a picture of jesus because god jesus is a picture of god but there is a it is not burdensome for god he it doesn't irritate him when we come with our needs mm. it is a a delight to him to save us spiritually and it is a delight for him to provide for us all we need, uh, which will be maturity. You talked about maturity. So there'll be aspects of trust and needing to grow in Christian maturity independence, um, but a delight to supply for us and our families. Mm. Yeah. It's such a faithful recognition of our weakness and his strength, mm. I think. Mm. And I think that comes out, um, as you said earlier, in the rest of the psalm as well, uh, as we see his character as being someone, the maker of heaven and earth, and the sea and everything in them and him remaining faithful forever. But then this whole list of people whom he loves to help and loves to um, set free and give sight to the blind and um, help uphold the cause of the oppressed, that he is a God who is our help in many ways. Mm. And none of these are people I think most of us would choose to be. <laughs> no. To the hungry, imprisoned, um, blind, bowed down. Yeah. Uh, which seems a little bit gentler, but 
um, is is you know it's not blind, but it is vulnerable and worn. I presume worn down. Um, foreigner, we don't tend to like not belonging um, and being the, in the precarious situation of not knowing any, not knowing how things work around us and who can help. Uh, the fatherless and the widow are just grief. Um, these are not things we choose, uh, but I do wonder whether when we think about partnership development, you know, often, often we, I can, often I can feel quite strong in other aspects of my life. Mm. And when it comes to partnership, I don't feel strong. Um, but it's good for me to feel weak because that is the truth about me. Um, So I don't know, there's something really working out what does it mean to embrace weakness, not as a necessary evil, but as a a, a true thing Mm. um, that actually brings me to the father who loves me rather than puts me, wants me to feel precarious and anxious and trying to work out what actually does it mean to embrace that in life, but I guess in in particular when it comes to this area of life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, certainly strips away. I've seen as I've walked with many staff how much this strips away lots of the other ways in which we think of ourselves as strong. Um, and that the language in this psalm, I think probably the one, the Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. Mm. Just so many staff. It's easy to get into a rut. I think it's actually surprisingly easy often to get out of the rut when we start lifting our eyes to God and to um, uh, to try and get out of that. Um, but I think the Lord, it's the Lord as well who lifts up those who are bowed down. Yeah. I think also this psalm just reminded me again, for some of our staff who are extra vulnerable because they're not from an English-speaking background. They're coming to work with international students and um, maybe not from Australia. Actually, just this reminder that God has a particular care for the foreigner among us. And I, I, um, I think I've seen that, actually, as I've watched some of our staff support raise. And they ha- may have needed to persevere and to... Um, to continue to work out what it looks like to trust. And as you said, sometimes it's God's goodness to put us in situations where we feel weak and feel our neediness. But I've also seen God's amazing provision and work through our uh, brothers and sisters who might consider themselves to be foreigners in Australia. Mm. Uh, I think it, uh, as I was looking at this psalm, I, I, end of verse 8, um, the Lord loves the righteous. Uh, end of verse 9, frustrates the ways of the wicked. Mm. I, I don't think it's the major part of the psalm. But I was wondering, for me, as I think about partnership, I actually need to wrestle with embracing this weakness, not trusting myself or other humans to kind of sort this out. Because I think the temptation for me, uh, if I'm not embracing this truth about God and us, I can't, I don't know, I won't say I go out and manipulate people, that's probably too strong, Um, but it does change the way I describe um, my partnership needs. You know, um, the words you use or the the subtle pressure, not the deliberate pressure you put on people to give in ways that might start to undermine their agency. Um, I'm just thinking about that story you talked about earlier about Mm. someone who had had a, a stroke or something like that and was quite vulnerable a wife that was protecting him from people asking for money um i think that's right i think that's good but had the wife not been there what would i have done in that situation 
right? So nothing, Mm. yeah. So just being conscious of actually needing to embrace this truth so that when we do invite people to partner with us, it is a genuine invitation because we know it doesn't depend on this particular person giving this particular amount of money for things to go forward. We actually trust the Lord to provide what is needed to go forward in the way he chooses, which may not be the way we envision because our plans are limited and small scale. And just remembering this Mm. allows for integrity in the invite, I think, rather than any hint of power kind of dynamics that might be misused. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and I think the psalm then just finishes on a lovely reminder again that the Lord reigns forever and through all generations and that these truths aren't just an Old Testament concern, but actually they'll, they continue on for us, uh, these truths about who God is um, and his, his power <laughs> yes. and his reign. I'm not sure that whoever wrote this psalm thought, yeah. you know, that in 2023... Um, you know, Christians would be talking about this in the context of um, partnership development and support raising, right? And yet, and yet, because it's not just a person who wrote this, but the word of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord operating through them, we read this and we think, oh, wow, this is really helpful. I should pay more attention to what God says. (laughs) Yep, yep. Well, I've been surprised um, in this role by you know, one surprised. I don't know if I was surprised, but just by the way that God's word has so much to say to us about support raising. Uh, yeah. Mm. Well, let's finish that there and let's finish in prayer. Uh, well, Father, we do thank you that your word has so much to say to us and we pray that it would shape every part of our lives, including our support raising and partnership work and our relationships with those who partner with us. Lord, help us to remember who you are, a father to the fatherless, the one who cares about widows and the bowed down and who cares about prisoners and the hungry, about material needs and justice, that you are faithful forever and you are the one who made everything and has the power to help us Mm. in a way that humans cannot. Help us please to trust in you and to praise you with all of our lives. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's the end of uh, our series on the Psalms and support raising. Um, Not quite this season as we come back next week for another interview. Uh, But thank you, Helen, for joining us and for sharing your wisdom. A pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Great. Okay. Well, bye for now. Bye.